Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and today I want to talk to you about the dangerous practice that seems to be growing in popularity. It's feeding dogs and cats a vegan or vegetarian diet. Now, I'm a vegetarian, and many of my clients and pet-loving friends and associates also don't eat meat or any animal products. And many people make the switch after learning about the realities of factory farming, especially the inhumane treatment of food animals. So I certainly understand and appreciate the personal decision many people make to adopt a vegan or vegetarian lifestyle. Um, if you are going to eat meat, I also really appreciate the fact that you can recognize the difference between factory farmed animals and the happy, healthy life of a free range animal that is able to move their body outside and have access to sunlight and have a really happy life prior to death. So if you do eat meat, hopefully you're eating happy, healthy uh, animals that had a good life prior to death. That would be my next best choice. What I will never understand though is why many vegans and vegetarians think it's okay to force their personal viewpoints their personal dietary choices onto their dog or cat. Humans, homo sapiens, are omnivores, meaning our bodies can digest plant material uh, and animal tissues both. Dogs and cats are carnivores, which means they are meat eaters and they don't digest plant material very efficiently at all. Dogs are scavenging carnivores and kitties are obligate carnivores. And nature designed the bodies of carnivores to thrive on nutrients provided by animal flesh and organ meat. Cats are obligate carnivores, which means they must eat meat to sustain life. And as scavenging carnivores, dogs can survive on plant material, but they'll never thrive on plant material alone. Nature has provided uh, meat eaters uh, the evolutionary design to need to consume that to be able to thrive and really not only unlock a healing potential, but to provide all the raw materials for their bodies to function optimally. And surviving means just that, that they can get by by consuming some plant material or an abundance of plant material, or in this situation, all plant material, but they will never healthfully live a long lifespan as they should, and they will have medical and degenerative conditions along the way. To thrive means to grow rigorously or to flourish, which doesn't happen when you feed carnivores as vegetarians or vice versa. If you make a vegetarian animal, let's say a rabbit, into a, uh, into a carnivore. It's interesting because some species, um, you're able to nutritionally abuse them more. Some animals are incredibly delicate. Let's take hummingbirds, for instance. If you were to force a hummingbird to eat anything other than nectar, within 24 hours, that animal just dies. It's very apparent. You can't do that. Dogs and cats are super resilient. They're really strong animals. So you actually can nutritionally abuse them, and they don't die instantaneously. Their bodies degenerate over time, but because they can withstand nutritional abuse, it doesn't make it okay to do it, in my opinion. Unfortunately, many people assume that since dogs aren't strict carnivores like cats are, that they can easily transition their dog to a vegetarian or even a vegan diet. In fact, I often hear dogs referred to as omnivores, which simply isn't correct. Dogs' taxonomic classification is Canis lupus. They are in the same family as their cousins, the gray wolves. Just because a dog manages to stay alive on plant-based foods or plant-based diets doesn't make him an omnivore. What research does show is that if dogs are fed a grain-based diet for decades, over time, they do develop the adaptations for processing starch in their diet. This is called an evolutionary adaptation. And thank goodness, actually, these adaptations do occur. 
If animals didn't adapt to their environment or inappropriate food sources or diets that they're forced to eat, they would actually just die. They'd go extinct. So the good news is dogs can upregulate their amylase production, which is the digestive enzyme necessary to process starch. If you feed a dog a starch-based diet for several generations, they're going to produce more amylase, but that doesn't make it species correct or biologically appropriate to do so. Your dog or cat has the teeth, jaws, digestion, and the palate of a carnivore. An animal's teeth are specifically adapted for the food that they were born to eat. Your pet's teeth are designed to rip and tear and shear flesh off of bone. The molars are very pointed, they're not flat. So human molars, humans are omnivores, have large flat molars because they're designed to grind up plant matter. Same with other vegetarian species. If you look at all vegetarian species like cows, they have incredibly whole sets of big wide flat molars really used to masticate plant matter. Think for a moment about black bears, which are also omnivores. They actually have both sharp pointed teeth in the front of their mouth for ripping and tearing flesh, but they also have large wide flat molars in the back of their mouth for consuming plant-based material. Your dog and cat do not have any flat molars because nature didn't design for them to consume an abundance of grains or eat a plant-based diet exclusively. Your pet also has powerful jaw and neck muscles that aid in the pulling down and consuming of prey. The jaws are able to be opened very, very wide and accommodate whole chunks of meat and bone. And your dogs and cats' mouths only move one way, like a hinged jaw. This action, lateral mandibular swing, if, we're, if you as a species are able to do that, you were designed to consume probably either a vegetarian diet or an omnivorous diet. But dogs and cats, being carnivores, they don't have the side-to-side -side motion necessary to grind grasses and grains. In contrast, omnivores and herbivores have jaws that, are, that have this lateral mandibular swing or side-to-side -side motion necessary for grinding plant material, seeds, and grains. Then there's your carnivorous pet stomach, which is uh, very uh, acidic. It's very short, and it's really designed to get food in and out because dogs and cats consume fresh whole prey, but certainly not clean meat. Dogs don't remove the GI tracts, and they don't remove the dirty parts, and they don't remove the feces out of the colon. When your kitty consumes a whole mouse, they eat the whole mouse, and it's certainly not clean. So they're meant to move meat, organ, and bone through the GI tract very quickly. Plant matter and vegetables need more time to break down in the GI tract, which requires a different and more complex digestive design than your dog or cat's body processes. This is also why vegetarian animals tend to masticate or chew their food over and over and over. Ruminants chew their cud to facilitate improved digestion, which means they chew their food and then they eructate, bring it up, and then they chew it some more. So that term wolf it down came from canis lupus, where wolves and dogs were meant to just tear chunks of meat up and get it into their bellies as fast as possible. Dogs and cats are not amazing masticators or chewers. No carnivores really are. They actually rip the food off, they get it into manageable pieces, and then down it goes. That's why whole veggies or grains and seeds tend to come out in your dog's feces uh, just as they went in because there's not a whole lot of digestion of the, those particular food items. Your pet's stomach isn't equipped to break down seeds or nuts um, very efficiently unless they're ground up. They simply travel through the GI tract intact and, be, and then they're passed out at the end undigested so you can see it coming out. Dogs and cats also don't make the necessary enzymes in their saliva to break down the carbs or starches that they could be eating. 
Omnivores and herbivores make those enzymes, but not carnivores, because very little to no salivary enzymes exist to process carbs and starches, and because your pet carnivore does not produce cellulase to break down the tough, fibrous plant cell walls, your pet's pancreas, which is designed to produce an abundance of lipase and proteases to process fats and proteins, has to work overtime to manufacture enough amylase to process any grains or starch that could be found in the diet. Over time, the extra strain on the pancreas can compromise its ability to function properly. Sure, all wild dogs and many wild cats have absolutely been documented to consume a little grass. Wolves and coyotes have been documented to eat actually an abundance of berries or plant-based material that's seasonally available, and especially if they're starving. And because the intake of fibrous plant material is kind of up and down, and because usually it's less than 20% of their diet, the pancreas can easily keep up with this minimal intake, no problem. Dogs and cats did not evolve to eat a 100% carbohydrate-based diet, so feeding them this way would be very biologically stressful. Your pet also doesn't produce the strains of gut bacteria necessary to break down cellulose and starch within the plant matter. This means your carnivore's ability to use plant matter as an amazing energy source is limited. Most dogs and cats don't care for the taste of vegetarian pet foods, which makes sense because they're carnivores. The reason dogs and cats are willing to eat a primarily grain-based commercial pet food or a vegan commercial pet food is because they're mostly well-seasoned with flavor enhancers after processing. So after the kibble is produced, uh, it's sprayed with a palatability enhancer or a top coat to trick the pets into eating them. There are also meat and poultry flavored digests that can be sprayed on that are made of animal byproducts, which means even though it could be a vegan pet food within the product, what's sprayed on the top is oftentimes not necessarily vegan. Ironically, adding one of those digests to the top of the food doesn't make that food any more nutritious as well. So it just tricks uh, the animal into eating a not biologically appropriate food. So even though the dogs could be duped into eating it, they're still not being nourished in a way that is gonna be sustainable to their long-term overall well-being.